Welcome to this special edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. I'm live in the studio with Dan Farrimond. How are you doing, Dan? Pretty good. Good to see you again, Barry. Can I just say something, Barry? The last time that I was on the podcast was three years ago. And back then, David Sharp was still in charge. Paul Cook hadn't even taken over yet. And I mean, I thought it was bad back then, but it's all part all part of the journey, Dan, isn't it? It's all part of the journey. It makes those highs that much higher when when you're in lows like we're in at the moment. Will it be the Sunday morning special? We'll just crack straight into it. Yesterday, we played Shrewsbury Town at the TW Stadium hoping to uh, have a good return to give them a bit of a stuffing. But it didn't turn out quite, out quite that way, though it was an ent- I thought it was an entertaining game of football. Just run through the stats very quickly. Possession was 69 to 39% in favour of Shrewsbury. Shots, again, in favour of Shrewsbury, 8 to over 5. On target, 4 to over 2. And corners, 7. And this is the first time I've noticed this uh, from our point of view, no corners in the game. Oh, really? Mm. Mm. Fouls, 14 to 13 in our favour. I like I like us getting stuck in, so that doesn't bother me at all. And no bookings as well. So not only was there no corners for us, but there was no bookings for either side. I'd like to speak about that in a bit. Okay, well, we'll, we'll crack straight on. I mean, the, I think the big talking point, Dan, is the penalty decisions. There were three, and it, it was a case of third-time lucky. Indeed, yeah. I don't think the first one was a penalty, but maybe VAR could have picked up on it. Sadly, we don't have that. Or perhaps, luckily, we don't have that in our division, considering how bad it is. The second one, well, I think it was a penalty, but probably the ref and the linesman just didn't see it because from the angle that we're looking at it, it's a stonewall penalty. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Third one, yeah, of course it was a penalty. Of course we went 1-0 up. Yeah, it clipped his heels, didn't it? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> some people were questioning whether it was a shove in the back, and it went down dramatically. But if you watch it again uh, in sort of slow-mo, he does actually clip his heels, whether it's intentional or, or not. I, th- I don't think it was intentional, uh, and maybe that's why he didn't get booked for it. The, mm. the first one, I'll be honest, I'd have given that because I'm a Wigan Athletic supporter. <laughs> I, would, I would have given it. The second one, I think the referee and the liner were the only two people in the world who, who thought that wasn't a penalty. Do you it think even a, the cardboard cutouts thought it was a penalty? I saw them jumping up and down. <laughs> See, yeah, those cardboard cutouts are the most hardened Wigan Athletic supporters ever. They're there every game, nodding up and down, and yeah. they're still going. They still haven't been torn apart by, no, uh, by the I weather. Saw, I saw them get up at one point and uh, throw the ball back. So there's <laughs> something going on there. Yeah, and, and then the, uh, the the one that was given, uh, Will Keane obviously stepped up. I, I was wondering whether Tom James might have seen it because he's, he's got a bit of a dead ball uh, about him, hasn't he? But I like seeing the forwards check the penalties. Uh, he dispatched it with a plum, damn it, with a plum. Yeah, and let's be honest, it's either Will Keane or Tom James and none of the other guys who... Uh, we've seen some of the penalty prowess this season and um, let's just say, hopefully, none of our league games go to extra time and penalties. Sorry, yeah, uh, excellent penalty. Uh, just out of the reach of the goalkeeper, but yeah, placed very well. Yeah, it was, it was excellent. Just a quick one on... Uh... Uh, I mean, I'll throw my, this in the app, uh, my hat in straight away. 
Pierce, for me, he was man of the match. I just wondered who, who you thought. I mean, I thought he, he, he had a great game yesterday, knocking the ball in every opportunity and obviously was causing them quite a few problems down that left-hand side. Who did it for you, Dan? I think Pierce is a good shout. He wasn't only good yesterday, but he's been great for us all season, getting his crosses in. In the absence of Naismith on the wings, Pierce is our primary, primary crosser. Now, and that's one thing I'd like to see, incidentally. I think Naismith was played out of position yesterday. He should have been back out on the wing with Kyle Joseph up front with Will Keane. That's just my thought. As for men of the match, Tom Pierce is a good shout. Can I just give a shout out also to Jamie Jones for his save at the end of the first half? Yes, I've been a little bit critical of Jones this season, especially from, you know, with the goals we've conceded from distance. But I thought yesterday... He was, was very good. He did exactly what we wanted him to do. He slowed the game down at the right times as well, I thought. Oh, both teams really slowed the game down in that first half. It was completely attritional. 20 of the first 40 minutes were wasted by goalkeepers waving their arms for people to get, get up front. I, I understand what you're saying as well about Cal Naismith. I, I like to see him play wide, but uh, also give him the freedom to cut inside. A, a disciplined role, but with a bit of freedom in there as well. I know it sounds contradictory mm. that, but I do like to see him given that freedom so he, he, he can come inside as well. I, I, I'm with you. I'm not sure if he is a target man leading the line. He, he seems a bit waste, wasted there. But yes, he, does exactly. that, he does have that touch of quality about him. And I suppose the, the, the coaching staff will probably don't want to burn Cal Joseph out. He's had, a, he's had a lot, a lot of football since he came into the first first team squad. Yeah, that is true. He's been very good. And interestingly, we didn't even get to see... Um, what's his name again now? Oh, Shawcronk, that's it. <laughs> Shawcronk didn't come on at the end to get the winning goal, which was a little bit surprising. That game's got been done and dusted now. We've got points of peace out of it, so not too disappointed... I would have liked the three, obviously. It puts us three points clear of bottom place Burton Albion, who, ironically enough, Dan, we go and visit on Tuesday evening at the Pirelli Stadium. And we've got a Burton fan who's going to give us a little bit of insight and a preview into the Brewers this season. So his name's Anton Williams and he runs a blog. So I will just have a little listen to Anton. Uh, I'm Anton Williams, um, Ben Owen supporter and also a writer of Brewed in 1950. Ben Owen's season so far, I'd say, is quite disappointing, really. On paper, probably had the best squad we've had, certainly in our seasons in League One. Um, and I think probably the most competitive we've had uh, since we got promoted from League Two. Um, so on paper, with what, you know, with the squad we've got, uh, performances and the results are nowhere near good enough at all. Yesterday's performance against Lincoln, I think, could be a turning point in respect that I think the the chairman needs to have a look at what what's going on. I'm not sure how long Jake can last in the job, um, whether he walks, which I don't think he will. Something's got to change very, very quickly because it's a slippery slope. And getting relegated from League One and end up in League Two is one league away from non-league and not somewhere where we want to be again. Jake Ruxton as manager, he took over my absolute hero in Nigel Clough. As a player, Jake was brilliant, he wore his heart on his sleeve, gave 110% every week, and you can see that in his management style as well. I think he's been thrown in at the deep end. He's a little bit stubborn from what I can see so far, and he needed a little bit of experience in his backroom staff, I think, to have helped him out. Could bring someone in now, I think it probably would be too late, but 
you know, I think he will be a manager and I think he will be a successful manager at some level. But at the minute, I think this is just one step too far and he really does need some help with him. But I just don't think Burton Albin and where we are at the minute is just the right fit. Football Jake's playing at the minute, flat back four, most games. On paper, you look at it and you think probably we should be playing with three at the back with two wing backs. But he's going pretty much playing four at the back with rotating it between one or two holding midfielders with one up top and then the two wide men joining in. Uh, obviously, then those midfield central positions kind of a rotation basis. He started the pre-season and early doors playing football from the back as his results didn't go our way. It kind of got more direct. And obviously, Lucas, who's playing up there at the minute, unfortunately, playing direct for him isn't to his strength. He wants to be running onto the ball and be running at people, not holding up the ball and with his back to goal. So the tactics at the minute just aren't, for me, aren't working for the players we've got. You say, Kins, obviously, <laughs> we've been lucky at Burton Albion over the years. We've had, we've had players that have been like cult heroes. Uh, and Lucas certainly is one of them. You know, we signed him when we were in League Two. And from League Two to League One, straight to the Championship, after using the Championship, and now obviously back in League One. And he's given 110% in every position he's played in. I think there's only centre half and in goals he hasn't played in so far. And, you know, a lot of fans from opposition have seen that, that, you know, he's here, there, and everywhere. He can run all day. He, he gives it absolutely everything. But then it's off the pitch as well. He's probably one of the nicest footballers you'll meet. I'll be lucky enough to do some Zoom me- meetings with him online for charity over the obviously the pandemic and again he, he just rubs off he you know he is he buys into he buys into the club and it's what the club are about but performances at the minute aren't not through any fault of his own I don't think uh, but his performances at the minute are, aren't great and not the, the standard I don't think Lucas would aspire to as well but as a person and as a footballer over the years he's been absolutely fantastic servant to Burn Albion Football Club and hopefully for more years to come on Tuesday, we're going to uh, probably look out for Kane Hemmings returning back from injury, uh, top goal scorer. He come back on Saturday off the bench and scored a, <laughs> I say meaningless goal, no goals meaningless, but yeah, he scored like a poachers like goal or something we've been missing the last couple of weeks. If Colin Daniel plays at left back, great going forward. Defensively, a lot to answer for at times, but he can be threatening, probably the best cross of the ball at the club. Joe Powell has moments of magic, um, but goes missing through the game, but can unlock doors when when needed. And obviously Lucas himself can pop up with some form of strange goal. Um, obviously with his body shape and his dancing background, his, his footwork is bizarre at times, but it's effective. So those are the guys that we're going to need to probably look out for. Prediction for Tuesday, I haven't got a Scooby-Doo, if I'm being honest. I'm always trying to be positive. I've never called for the manager's head before in my life. I've always backed what the club have been doing. But I'll be honest at the minute, I can't see how we're going to get out of the predicament we're in. But I think Tuesday will probably be a, a draw. If we get a clean sheet, that's a step in the right direction. That means we haven't lost as well. And I think at this stage of the season, a clean sheet will make a massive difference in the confidence. So I'd like to say it'll be nil-nil, or we might sneak a one-nil, but... Probably 3-2 or something of the goal bonanza that uh, hopefully the fans will like to see. Oh, very interesting that, Dan. Yeah, yeah very interesting. Um, I don't think he's uh, too confident, is he? Well, no, and neither should he be because we're in fantastic form. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Um, yeah. Talking, yeah. Of, talking of form, though, Dan, I'll just throw this into, into the ring. Uh, Burton's last five games... Drawn, drawn, and then three three defeats on the bounce, uh, culminating with that five-one thrashing up at Lincoln City on on uh, on Saturday. 
was the last time we played Burton in 2017? It was, yes. I'll, I'll be coming to that in our previous meetings uh, oh. section in a couple of minutes. Dan, I wonder, I wonder if you'd know who the referee will be on Tuesday. Yes, Barry, I do. It's Sam Barrett, the West Riding referee. It's his first season on the national list of referees, having spent last campaign taking charge of games in the fifth tier, the National League. And he's taken charge of games involving the Latics and Burton this season. Our Football League trophy defeat, 3-1 to Port Vale, and the Brewers' one-all home draw against Wimbledon in the league. Now, Barrett became a referee due to an injury playing football for Halifax Town youth team, unfortunately. His injury left him unable to do contact sport for nine months, and his granddad advised him to take the referee's course while he was out injured. And the rest, as they say, is history. And most excitingly, he cites both Bobby and Andy Maidley, and also Richard Maidley, as his role models. That's a bit rough. I know, you've probably used that joke a hundred times on this podcast now, haven't you? Uh, Just thought I'd bring it back. It's the circle of podcasting. Birkin Mad, that's all I can say, Birkin Mad. Another one of the the new crop, at least we've had him. Port Vale at home, I remember that game. (laughs) We weren't very good, were we? Or was Port Vale very good? Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We've we've met Burton Albion as league sides. We've only met them five times, Dan. One of those was in the League Cup, which in, in August 2014, when Juve Rosler was, was our boss, we lost that one 2-1. Of the five times we've played, we've won just the once, drawn two and lost two. And the last time we met was, was the only time we won. And as you say, it was in 2017, January, we went to Burton and we won 2-0. How do you see things going on Tuesday, Dan? I think with a couple of tweaks to the squad, uh, sorry, to the team that turned out on Saturday, I think we could win this. We can definitely win this. I can see in the last month there's been a huge improvement. In some ways, the Rochdale defeat is a bit of a blip and uh, out of character, I think, considering how well we've been playing of late. Some of the young guys are starting to come through now. Whereas at the beginning of the season, you'd say that they're really green and no, it is, it's, it's not right to throw them out in front of the bus, as it were, in front of these big teams like Portsmouth, etc. But now, having got, what is it, 16, 17, 18 games under their belt, they're starting to come into their own, I think, starting to uh, make names for themselves within the team. So I think, like I said, just a couple of tweaks, potentially a little bit of squad rotation might go on on Tuesday. Nonetheless, I think we've got a stronger team now that people like Keane and Naismith are back from injury. One thing I could possibly see happening on Tuesday would be perhaps Matty Palmer dropping down to the bench and, like you mentioned before, Cal Joseph coming in and going up front with Naismith giving uh, like a an attacking midfield role, uh, you know, that and, and possibly going three at the back as well. It, you know, that's another way mm. because he seems to... Like that as well, doesn't see uh, Richardson and Riot, the, the duo. They seem to like that formation. Uh, it yeah. served as well in some games and, and not, not too well in others. That's right. I think on Saturday, our long ball tactics didn't pay off. Firstly, because we needed Cal uh, Joseph up front. But secondly, because they closed us down so well, did Shrewsbury. 
And I think it might be a slightly different different case on Tuesday. But exactly the same stuff might work against Burton that didn't work against Shrewsbury. Who knows? There's one thing I, I, I never liked, though. Facing a team who's just had a paste in because they tend to tighten up a little bit. Uh, they've had a good rollicking off the manager, so they put a bit of fire in the belly. And it, it's for all this sound like, you know, the, the, it's an easy, easy-ish game. They never are. If you catch your mind back to when we got thumped up at Tottenham, down at Tottenham Hotspur 9-0, uh, uh, you know, Sunderland must have been rubbing their hands coming to the DW and we ended up beating them 1-0. So, you know, it can be a, bit, a potential banana skin, but they look a very poor side to me, Burton Dan. And I think, I'm with you, I, I think we'll win this game. I'm going to go... I'm going to go for 2-0 to the to the, uh, the Latics. Have you got a prediction for us, Dan? I think that's a pretty good prediction. I'm going to go with 2-1 for a bit of variety, I believe. <laughs> As I say, short and sweet these uh, Sunday. We're recording this at uh, brunch time, aren't we? So, Sunday, yes. Barry and Dan. Yeah, short and sweet. I hope everybody has had a wonderful Christmas and looking forward to an exciting new year. <laughs> Oh, it just tickled me that. <laughs> well, it can't be any more exciting than this one. Anyway, whatever the future brings, <laughs> excitement or not, let's hope everybody's safe, Dan. And yes, uh, we, all, we can all move forward. And, and I think the main thing for, from our perspective as Wigan Athletic supporters is that a takeover happens at the club, whether it's uh, you know it, you know sooner, sooner rather than later, I'd say, and then you know the club can move forward as well. Yeah, absolutely. I don't like how. Recently, Wigan Athletics become more of a political circus than a football team. And um, it's, it's like a twisted game of some sort because you can't put forth any opinions because people might threaten you with lawsuits and blame you for bidders pulling out. It's just, it's just madness. Yeah, it uh, is. Uh, the EFL at the moment, they've got our future in their hands and um, I'm not not entirely sure that I trust them. So it's not it's not the best of times, is it? It, it isn't. No, no. Fingers crossed. It all turns out for the best, anyway. Right on that note, Dan, we'll be back before the new year. We'll be back on Wednesday. So uh, see everybody Wednesday and uh, have, have a good rest of the festive period. I hope everybody has a, a great bank holiday tomorrow as well. Look forward to Tuesday night's match. So goodbye from me, Dan. And it's goodbye from him. Good night.